3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings to you. The Monday
4: edition of The Ride Home. It's a it's a busy start to the week, is it not?
5: I'm excited, John. It's gonna be a good week. Tell me why. I just feel it. Okay, I like it. <laughs> it's my okay. it's my intuitive sense coming out.
4: Great. Better to be excited than to be dreaded, right? Mm-hmm. The week ahead, oh no
5: yeah and i was I was uh driving in uh today, and I was kind of looking back on my weekend mm-hmm. and one of the things that I really liked I turned on my radio yesterday afternoon when I came home from church I was making our uh, post church meal mm-hmm. and there was a baseball game on and here's the thing yeah. I have a lot of negative emotions stored up um, for pirate management, but just hearing a baseball game on the radio I agree. It's like seeing the first crocus of spring.
4: Yep. I, d- I did that probably, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday of last week. I just happened to be in the car as well. Turned on the radio and felt that familiar tinge of, oh, there's baseball. baseball, And then
5: back. Gregory Polanco hit a home run.
4: Yeah. So uh, if you followed the show at all, uh, like a lot of people in Pittsburgh who are baseball aficionados, we have deep, conflicting emotions about this coming season. Oh, they're season. not conflicting. <laughs> oh. No, they are. I don't know if they are. I mean, I think they're just negative. I love the game. I at, currently at this point, and, and I understand the nature of baseball and the economics and all that. But I do despise current ownership. And I'm in despair because that's not going to change anytime soon. So after 20 consecutive losing seasons and then a bright ray of sunshine for three seasons... Which is
5: when you dragged me into loving professional baseball.
4: Now we are back at it again and we are selling the team off, which is you know greatly uh, magnified by the loss of Andrew McCutcheon which in the offseason.
5: should never have happened.
4: So for me as a guy and as a father, it's been my tradition just as a guy for... More than 30. Well, I mean,
5: how many years have you gone to opening day?
4: Forever. I mean, you know, I, I've been to so I've been to decades of them, decades, four decades of them, and that's not an exaggeration. I used to, when I used to live in New York City, I would come from New York City, I'd fly in or drive in and attend opening day and then go back to New York City. So this year. And then now, especially with my kids, you know, it's been a a father-son thing, and my wife as well, a family thing. This year, I said to my boy, because he's the one who's interested right now and free, I'm not going. I am not going to opening day. He was shocked. What? And I'm like, honey, I'm I'm so conflicted by this. I I can't imagine me putting money in the nutting family's coffers, so I'm just going to avoid it. And he was like, okay. But then... I've been wrestling with this.
5: I mean, you haven't been sharing that with us because according – all that Mike and I knew and knew, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you were holding to your position. You were not going to give money to the pirate organization. That's all there was to it. Right. That's right.
6: I was not.
4: Well, I've been wrestling. Many times in my free thoughts, said this would run through my head and go – John, but what about the tradition, mm-hmm. your tradition of welcoming in spring and trumpeting in baseball and loving the whole uh, event and the exultation that a new season is here upon us? All that, the fun, the grandeur, the, the, the thrill of sort of you know popping the cork on the bottle.
5: You never shared any of this with us, Mike? No, he hasn't.
4: So this morning I sat down and I got in the office and I had made my mind up and I went on to Pirates.com. <gasps> And I bought two tickets for opening day. You
7: did? Mm
5: -hmm,
4: I did. What? I'm going to go to opening day with my son. what
5: about your moral high ground? It's not a moral
4: high ground. Uh. It never was about a moral high ground. I
5: thought it was about a moral high ground.
4: No, no. It was about my disdain for current ownership. But look, I've lived through bad ownership in the past. Right. I mean, I've been, you know, there's been plenty of guys who've owned the Pirates over the decades. Some good, some bad. And it doesn't matter, right? It's professional sports. So. I got the receipt, the email receipt, and I texted it to my son. And I said... Did he know
5: you were doing this? No,
4: he did not. I sent it to him and he wrote back in a few minutes, yes, exclamation point, four times. And I said, happy opening day. And he said, yay, thank you, dad, thank you. And then he said, you gave in, question mark? And I said, I did. And this is what I wrote. In the end... My commitment to tradition outweighed the current ownership. Taking the long view of opening day, plus I love you and I love the game. Go Bucks.
5: I respect that. That's sweet.
4: That's what you're going to do.
5: John, I mean, I wanted to pick on you, but I don't feel like I can. No, and my, it's so disappointing when yeah. I feel like I've got something to pick on him about, mm-hmm. and then he says something like, sweet and good like that, and then I don't. How can you again? I have you
4: to, no, I have to back down. So then my boy said, Well, I'm glad you did. Thank you. I can't wait.
8: Good
5: stuff.
4: Okay, so there it is. All right. I made the right decision. All I said, right. me too, put a red circle on the calendar. Let's go Bucks, at least for one day. Maybe I'll go to one game this year, and that'll be it.
5: Right. Okay. Last one- year, I just want to remind you that it snowed. On opening day. Mm-hmm. I was there. Yeah, I know you were. Yes, are. I've got photos. My yeah. wife and I. Yeah, you sent me pictures of you and Rhonda June That's sitting right. in the snow. And I thought, <laughs> wow, isn't that good that the Halls like to do that every year? <laughs> and then I just snuggled more under my blanket and yes, felt good about yes, things.
4: Yes, yes, Anyway, let's go Bucks. Okay. So, uh we got to get you out today. Yeah, we, we do. Yeah. We're going
5: to be talking about polarization. What is it that we as people who believe in and follow Jesus can do in this culture? I mean, it seems like if you're not trying, you're either being pulled in one direction or another direction on every issue, right? So, you are either a bigot or you are homophobe or you are selfish and capitalistic or you don't care or you're too much of a bleeding heart or, you know, whatever. It seems like there's no room for just thinking thoughts that are independent and and, and trying to come up with a, a way that, that we think is as close to God's way as it can be, which will not run through the center of any political party.
4: No. So I think – Generally, and I get this idea because we talk about this often, about who we are as believers and our place in 21st century America, but I think whenever I do get overwhelmed by this, what my response is, and this is, it's hard enough or, wait, it's um, distracting enough to live as we live. Not hard enough. It's distracting enough to live as we live. So in these ideas of polarization, my response is instead... Let's just worship. And all the other minutiae around it. How about okay, just okay, okay, so, love so, God first? Okay,
5: yes. But, so, but does that mean that you don't weigh in or pay attention to current events? Is that what you, is that what you think is best?
4: I think it kind of goes back to that my conversation with myself and my son. I need to take the long view. The, the right. stuff that's the niggling stuff of the news and all that. In the end, it's not going to matter.
5: But it might matter because those niggling things in the news are all important steps. You don't think they are?
4: I don't think it is. All
5: right. Well, we're going to find out because we're going to talk about polarization. How do Christians maybe present a third way? Not a right, not a left, but a middle direction. Um, Ben Burkholder will be with us in the 5 o'clock hour. And um, in this hour, we'll talk about waking up and thinking, I think the world's gone nuts. Dr. Michael Brown next. 101.5
7: WORD.
2: Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. God is going to transform the heavens and the earth. God will create a new universe for a new world and give us a brand new world order. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint tonight at 930
1: on 101.5 WORD. Individual results may vary.
9: Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew knew this was going to be the solution. Brain balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore, this is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to brain balance. It has completely completely changed our lives.
1: Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. Showcase your business. Meet local customers and make new connections at the 2018 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. Friday, March 16th from 4 to 8 p.m. and Saturday, March 17th from 11 to 4 at the Block North Northway, formerly Northway Mall. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 70 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com
10: Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. Tour any of Eden's three North Hills campuses during Admissions Week, now through March 15th, and see what the area's largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school has to offer. Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission true since 1983 at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
1: Express Employment Professionals Pittsburgh West presents the world-renowned Express Clydesdales. Witness the majesty of these gentle giants up close and free of charge. Thursday, March 15th from 11 to 2 at the Children's Home of Pittsburgh on Penn Avenue. And Friday, March 16th from 4 to 7 at Donaldson Park, North Fayette Township, where all welcome donations will go to support our local military. Details on these free events, including carriage rides and kids activities, at expresspros.com slash pittsburghwest.
4: West. Dr. Michael Brown is back with us. Dr. Brown is a senior contributor to the stream, the host of the nationally syndicated Line of Fire radio program. His latest book is called Saving a Sick America, a Prescription for Moral and Cultural Transformation. Here today to talk to us about a piece that he wrote in the stream called I Woke Up One Day and the Whole World Had Gone Crazy. Amen to that, Michael Brown. The whole world does seem a little nutty, doesn't it?
11: Yeah, yeah. Look, we're on the front lines of the culture wars. We do radio shows. We see headlines day and night. But, but every so often, it just hits you. You think, well, what, what? What happened? What happened to the world? I was, uh, <laughs> you know, what got me started was was a friend had responded to a tweet from a Planned Parenthood affiliate in Kentucky, and the tweet just consisted of these words repeated eleven times: Some men have a uterus. You think? <laughs> no, no. We, this is, must be some alternative universe we walk, you know, mm-hmm. or some parallel earth, or you know, and, and in other words, what they're saying is that there are women who identify as men, and therefore some men have a uterus, and then I see this headline from the Church of Scotland that, that they're putting out a pamphlet to help other churches teach about transgenderism, and they want people to know that some men have female organs, and you know, a little bit more graphically stated, that this Church of Scotland, and it just kind of goes on and on. You think, well, what, what happened? Did, did people just go crazy overnight? Because it's, it's not that long ago no, that not. some of these ideas would have been greeted with complete scorn and derision. Right. Right.
5: Well, and we were just, you know, talking about the video last night, the presentation on OJ on uh, on Fo- the Fox Network, and it wasn't that long ago that the OJ verdict was read, and America just went. It seemed like in one direction. So you were, if you said that you thought OJ was guilty, you would feel this this weird racial thing, like you didn't, like you weren't a, a full supporter of African Americans in the country if you thought that OJ was guilty. And now you see all these years later, and you think, how did that happen? Like all of a sudden. But now everybody thinks he's guilty. Like, how did we switch that?
11: Yeah, I mean, at, at least in, in, in that case, it seems that perhaps we're seeing things more in terms of, of truth and justice once it's, it's gotten past the initial responses. But it is odd because with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, there's even more distrust against police. I just saw something the other day where, where or just today, where policemen was refused service at, at a restaurant because it's because a cop. You know, so, so there's even more right, anti-police suspicion, and, and yet yeah, the tables keep turning. I, you know, I, I did a presentation at a Christian school on Thursday of this past week. Uh, two of my grandkids go there, and I had to speak to 6th graders through 12th graders on sexuality and LGBT issues. And I showed them a video about a man who identifies as a dragon, as a female dragon and another man who identifies as a dog named Boomer. And then a man who had his ears moved because he identifies as a parrot. And then a woman who identifies as a a cat in a human's body. And then I I showed these and I said, well, how is that any different than from Bruce Jenner being woman of the year and Rachel Dolezal being a black civil rights activist? And and a lot of the kids got it. I was talking to one of the parents of a 14-year-old, and she said, yeah, they were all talking about what they could identify. Another kid... That I quoted identified didn't want to be male or female but wanted to be tractor, Uh, just call me tractor. And, and, And again, a few years ago we'd be trying to help these people get them some mental help. You know that obviously there's something wrong socially, mentally, emotionally. You need help. Now we're applauding these people and celebrating them, and it is as if the world's just gone. Completely mad. Yeah,
4: but so, Michael, how in the first place are we even having these conversations about uteruses and LGBTQ rights with elementary school kids? I mean, how is that even happening and why?
11: Yeah, well, it, it's happening because many of us have been asleep at the wheel, many of us have not realized. LGBT activists thinking that this is right, this is good, kids are confused, they, they don't want kids to be bullied the way they would be bullied, let's put the best construction on why they're doing what they're doing. They've been involved at the educational level for decades now. They've been working hard groups like GLSEN, Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network. They've been working for decades. They've been working to get curricula out. They've been working in schools, becoming teachers, becoming administrators. Because I, I can't tell you how many people have come to me about the libraries and their children's schools, and the librarian is a lesbian, uh, and and they're talking about that they tried to get a a book on a Christian perspective in the library, and they couldn't get it. And when they went to check, there were 20 books with a radical left and radical LGBT perspective in there. So we just don't realize how far things have gone. Oh, heaven help us. I channel celebrating two moms, and cartoons celebrating transgender kids. So
4: we just haven't recognized how far things have gone. Yeah. Well, the, it, the, it's out of the barn door, right? It, I mean, it, this is how it is. It,
5: yeah, it's out of the barn door, but I think there's also a thing that maybe going back to the to the OJ story of 20 years ago is that there's something we have to recognize about the certainty with which our culture decides a thing. And it seems overwhelming. It seems like we're the only ones who think one thing and the whole culture is, you know, believes something else. And we feel like, well, maybe we're, maybe we're losing our mind. Maybe like, but then you, you, you get it in retrospect and then you see that the culture wasn't really sure. It just acted like it was certain and then it reverses its position. So maybe that could give us a, it gives us a better perspective to kind of step back and say, okay, wait a minute. It seems like everybody believes one thing, but let's wait and see how this shakes out. Is there room for that?
11: Oh, yes, absolutely. And it's it's a wonderfully important word to remember. In other words, people do come around eventually, you know, with all the, the people lauding communism, and it's the answer for the right. world. You know, it, it keeps collapsing and, and has collapsed because it doesn't work and people catch on. Look, even something as simple as Americans voting based on their pocketbook, all right, it could well be that Donald Trump, despite all the controversy he gets himself in, it could be that he picks up votes for other people because they passed tax cuts. <laughs> a lot of people, there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of talk, and then many times it just comes down to practical nuts and bolts. So right. I, I know, right in the city of Charlotte, uh, I, I live nearby there, when we got involved in some of the issues about schools and about gender-neutral bathrooms and things like that, that there were very strong liberals on on the board, the education board or city council that were voting, and they had consistently voted LGBT activists until it came to boys using girls' bathrooms or grown men sharing changing rooms with women. And I remember one guy said, I'm not happy with that for my wife or my daughter. So reality does seem to kick in. And just like, yeah, there was a a black-white difference on how we saw the O.J. trial. And for me, that was instructive, you know, why this much mistrust of the police? What am I missing on that level? What are my friends missing on the level of evidence? But then things do come around. Unless society completely goes mad and completely falls apart, in which case we have a non-functioning country, I do believe people will come around on this. They'll look back and wonder, what were we drinking? When we were saying right. some men have a uterus I wonder. and we yes. need to have tampons in the right. men's room on right. college campuses because men menstruate. What, what were we drinking or smoking right. when we were thinking this?
4: I wonder. Dr. Yeah. Michael Brown is with us, senior contributor at The Stream. He is the host of the um, uh, Line of Fire radio program heard nationally. But, you know, this comes back to who is telling the story right who's the storyteller and their reach so if uh, you know in the old days the storyteller was just really simple it was national media now the storyteller is so splintered we've got all these other different f- threads to grab onto and so we tell ourselves the stories which if you get people telling the same story it becomes amplified And which we find ourselves here in this ridiculous pattern where a story that we would consider as Christians and as I believe sane reasonable people that's not my story what's being told by the national media or the so-called national media so how do you as you say dr brown earlier you're vigilant and you try to come back with a different story
11: well we know ultimately that we're people of faith more than anything i mean as followers of jesus that's what it comes down to and we know paul wrote it in second corinthians 13 8, we can do nothing against the truth, only for the truth so ultimately this is not an attack on us this is an attack on what's right this is an attack on truth And in some ways, it's an attack on God. So what we we have to remember is that God's word and God's ways will ultimately triumph. Jesus Mm -hmm. said, heaven and earth will pass away. My words will never pass away. So I genuinely feel bad when I see people come into prominence and become very popular, and, and they're espousing a wrong position. I don't envy them. I feel bad for them because I know that one day they're going to regret things. My concern is not with the end results. My concern is what's going to happen right now today with your kids, with your grandkids, with our society, with this world. Yeah, ultimately, truth will triumph, but right now people are being messed up and confused and picked off and hurt. So what we have to do is recognize, okay, we all have influence. Whether you have 20 followers on Twitter or whether you're speaking to the nation on national TV, we all have influence. Let's try to get the truth out in our circle of influence. Let's not be intimidated by the spirit of the age. Let's not be intimidated by the craziness of the world. Let's try in our sphere of influence, whether it's our kids that we're raising or people that we work with, let's try to get God's reasonable truth out. And then, little by little by little, we can turn the tide. And in the meantime, we can help one person here and one person there.
5: Our guest is Dr. Michael Brown, senior contributor to The Stream and the host of the nationally syndicated Line of Fire radio program. Michael's latest book is Saving a Sick America, a Prescription for Moral and Cultural Transformation. All right, Michael, so here's the question that is always the rubber meets the road, which is how do we, as people who purport to follow Jesus, how do we express our a, a well-founded educated opinion while also being kind and showing forth the love and the mercy, the mercy and the grace of God. I mean, here's the thing. Twitter is not the best medium for, you know, probably conveying grace and mercy, but there's very little of it on Twitter. There's very little of it in a lot of, in most of our discourse, public discourse. And we can't, I don't care how strong our opinions are. If they are stated badly, you might as well not say them.
11: Yes, and, and, and often we do a terrible job of representing the, the one that, that we believe in and the way we present things. So to me, the key is that we really do care, that we really do have love, that if you cut us, we bleed love. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Look, when I first started getting involved with LGBT issues in 2004, this to me was a matter of issues. This to me was a concern about gay activism in my city. But as I began to interact with people, as I began to say to them, tell me your story, as I began to read their literature and and hear about their struggles, my heart began to break for the people. And the the philosophy I followed is, reach out to the people with compassion, resist the agenda with courage. So it really is in my heart that I care for people. It really is in my heart that I love them and that I feel a certain tension when I speak up for what's right that I know... That they could hear those words as hurtful, so mm-hmm. we understand people are going to hate us, reject us, malign us that 's going to happen, but let it not be because of our foolishness mm-hmm. or harshness and i have I know people i've i 've gotten the letters from them i 've met them face to face that have actually come out of homosexuality, lesbianism, and they said one of the things that drew them out was they heard one of my presentations, and they saw that I wasn't just speaking the truth, but that I genuinely you cared. loved
5: them. Yeah, right. you, you
4: actually cared. That's good. But at the same time, Dr. Brown, I get it. When you see a tweet that's uh, put out by support abortion providers and 11 times they say, some men have a uterus, I mean, your heads just, want to explode. Right. It's so
5: ridiculous, but you just can't. It's so easy for us to get sucked into it, right? It's so easy for us to send, you know, to respond with it, some kind of snarky tweet or some horrible Facebook post, Michael. That's the thing we have to resist.
11: Yeah, and look, I'm I'm a New York Jew. Sarcasm runs in my veins. (laughs) But the thing is, every so often there are things that you just expose the folly of. But in most cases, you're still dealing with other people, and you want to ask yourself, okay, if the world was watching this, if if my whole goal was to be a witness for Jesus, how does this work out? You know, that means sometimes don't respond immediately. Maybe write everything out and get it out of your system, and then go back and think about it and pray and, and put it out and and. Look, the same thing with our support of the president. You know, my greatest loyalty is to Jesus, not to the president or to a party. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commend him when he does right. I'm going to say I take issue with him when he does wrong because my biggest thing is I want to be a consistent witness in the eyes of the world. And, and I believe we're doing it some, but we need to do a whole lot better.
5: We'll line up behind you on that, Michael. Outstanding.
4: Michael Brown, thanks an awful lot. Always appreciate it. Michael Brown, he is the syndicated host of Line of Fire radio program. Latest book is Saving a Sick America, a prescription for moral and cultural transformation. Amen.
9: I'm Robin Truszynski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake-up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com.
12: Imagine not eating for days and not knowing when or if you'll ever eat again. That's the grim reality for poor families in Haiti. Odette doesn't know when she'll be able to feed her family again. She and her husband, Jerome, care for their two grandchildren after the death of their daughter. But because of their age and poor health, it's hard to find work. Odette knows that her grandchildren aren't getting enough to eat, but she has no way to find or buy food. Poor families like Odette's suffer with no hope. They have no idea how they will survive. But you can help. Today, you can provide food every day for the next year and a lifetime supply of clean, safe water through Food for the Poor. For just $50, you can ensure that Odette's grandchildren get the food and safe water they need to survive. Would you allow God to use you to save the lives of suffering children in Haiti and Guatemala? Make your life-saving gift now by calling 855-828-HOPE, 855-828-4673, 855 855 828-4673. 828-4673. You can also give by clicking the Give Life banner at wordfm.com. 855 828 4673
4: You can't change the whole world, but you can
1: be part of the change in the world for a child living in poverty by becoming a Compassion International Child sponsor. You can choose a child to sponsor now at slash radio. That's compassion.com slash radio.
6: Snow showers around through midweek will cause slippery travel at times. Uh, for tonight, mainly cloudy, snow shower in the area. Cold with a low 24. Brisk and cold day for tomorrow. It'll be cloudy with snow showers and a heavier squall around in the afternoon. An inch or two can accumulate. High will be 35. Mostly cloudy with more snow showers tomorrow night through Wednesday. Low 24 tomorrow night, high 35 Wednesday. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM.
4: Okay, so daylight savings time. We sprung ahead Saturday into Sunday. I think that's horrible. It was glorious. How about last night? Like seven, I think sunset last night at seven twenty.
5: Yeah, it's just why. Ah, hallelujah. Uh,
4: why well, do I
5: just don't know Fabulous. why we have to switch back and forth? I don't either. I, I don't, don't care, but I don't like it. I'll take this. I don't. But you lost an hour of sleep. Who cares? Doesn't that
4: bother you? Not in the least.
5: Oh man, not
4: in the least. It, I, it, what you were affected by the oh, loss of one yes. hour? Yes. Come on, Cass. Yes,
5: an hour Come is on, a Kath. huge amount of time. It's one twenty-fourth of my day.
4: All
5: right. I hated it. I always hated really? it. Really? But you know what I didn't realize today?
4: Hmm.
5: National Napping Day.
4: Uh-huh. Aha.
12: In response to
5: that. Yes. And let me tell you, if you want to do a funny follow on Twitter, go look up hashtag National Napping Day <laughs> because you've got everything from uh, all three of Ben Roethlisberger's children who are napping Good. to dogs, cats, superheroes, like famous celebrities, mm-hmm. stuffed animals, I mean you name it and I'm about to post one of my favorite pictures of my two cats napping. I'm going to put it up on Facebook right now. They're at home with John and Kathy. Yes. You know why? Cuz it's awesome.
4: Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you when you say a nap. Yes. What are the uh, parameters of a nap?
5: Minimum? Yeah. 90 minutes. 90 minutes. That's how what? I feel. That's people not a nap. that's how I feel.
4: No, 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 that's No, no. no. That's a, nap. a nap is 15 no, it's minutes not. to a half an 15 hour. 15
5: minutes. Does not count in the world of napping. Minutes. Has to be ninety is what I'm going for. Going for ninety. <laughs> I like it.
4: I'm very happy. On with a that.
5: Sunday, oftentimes I'll go two hours. Mm. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> you know how to live. Uh, listen, a little extra cushion in there, Kath.
5: Listen, I this crazy thing about. Thank you.
4: Oh yeah. It was Kath yesterday?
5: That's me. This.
4: You're a little loud. I don't
5: think I snore.
4: No, come on. But I probably do. Everybody thinks they don't snore. Yeah, that's a good oh, no, point. Oh, I don't snore. That's Not a good me. Point. No, I anyway, myself snore.
5: When I, you know, Sunday afternoon is the only day I really get to take a nap, mm-hmm. right? But I buy in heavy. To that so, I and when I had little kids, new Mike, I totally sympathize with you. One of the hardest things when I had babies was not being able to do that on Sunday afternoon because yes. that had become a way of life for me. Sure, and sure. babies don't care that you want to take a nap, no, right? So, there's no Sunday afternoon nap. I had such a hard time with that now that my babies are older. I mean, it was like four o'clock yesterday afternoon, and my youngest daughter says, Mom. I feel a nap coming on. Mm. And I said, yeah. So she gets on her sofa and she says, Mom, this is what we do on the Sabbath. Don't and I said, yes. You're raising
4: those girls, right? I mean, you are. She,
5: we just live that up because here's the thing. Your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is happening really fast. Busy. So you have to slow it down.
4: Mm-hmm. Very nice. I'm up. You're preaching to the choir here. Mm. That's fine by so me. So you
5: think you, you're taking like a fifteen minute nap? No, no,
4: no, no, no. Uh, me personally, no, I'm not. However, I do know people, my wife, who would consider that fifteen minutes as good enough.
5: No, absolutely, Mike. What do you think no about way. that? Absolutely yeah, no, I, not. I, right I
4: kind of like that longer nap myself. Oh
5: yeah,
13: I need yeah. at least an hour and a half nap. 90 oh yeah, minutes.
5: oh yeah. In fact, I it took a three hour nap yesterday. Three hours. I kind of felt guilty. Yeah. No, I understand you felt guilty, but I bet I also felt good. Oh, but it was wonderful. But yeah, what about kid. this?
4: People always say, "Well, Mike, didn't you have trouble falling asleep at night?" No. Okay. No, that answered that question.
10: Absolutely not.
5: No, I didn't feel. I didn't <laughs> not have when any you trouble. A kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I just have a baby. Yeah. Right. John, did you have a hard time getting to sleep last night? No, I never do. Okay, but so, but you also took a nap.
4: Yeah. But I'm just saying, people will say if you take a nap, you know, in midday, you might have trouble falling asleep. I feel sorry asleep. for
5: those people. Why well, some people say that? I, I, say I just that. read an article last week saying that your ideal nap time should be 20 minutes. That's I said, a too fast. what kind of crazy, who decided that?
4: Well, how about like, you know, uh, like in Hispanic countries in the Siesta. Past- yes. yes. Now siesta probably is 20 minutes. That so is a think? culture
5: that I want to be a part of. I Me think too. it's passing.
4: I think the, the siesta is leaving us. For the modern well, well, world. We never
5: had it. No, we never. Is did it, it leaving Spain too? I, I mean, that's what I'm Spain's saying. having
4: difficulties. Yeah, a lot of difficulties. Yes, they are.
5: <laughs> I don't know if they're all siesta related, but some of them are. Ramp it up a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, some. Hey could guys, be, wake up. Some of them could be productivity and industry some too. Business to sure. take care of here. I don't okay? know if there's I'm, a link or not. Let's
4: get going here, please.
5: Anyway, happy National Napping Day, all of you. Very nice. Uh, so it's Kick back. Five o'clock. I mean, it's almost. It's a little late like, for a nap.
4: Yeah, and by the time we get out of here,
5: I feel like if if your nap doesn't start by four. I think you're pushing things. I
4: agree. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good time. Three mm-hmm. thirty four is a nice nap time. Yeah. All right. So no. nap I mean, nap if you can start today. at
5: two o'clock, more power to you. Yeah. But you know, it's not always possible.
4: Although there's some people listening to this conversation and go, I can take a nap now. These well, two. Oh no, I understand. What's going on, Mike and John. There's
5: nothing wrong with it. Yeah.
4: Hey, uh, stick around, please. We're going to talk about. Thank you, Mike. He's alive. Palm Sunday, the Capitol Theater in Wheeling. All that ahead. It's the ride home with Johnny Candy.
7: WORD.
1: Coming up on Love Worth Finding, what will the Antichrist be like?
2: He will be an appealing man in the eyes of the world. Now, when we call him a beast, don't think of him as being hideous in appearance. Remember that the devil himself appears as an angel of light.
1: Learn about the nature of the beast and the end times when you hear Adrian Rogers this week on Love Worth Finding
12: tonight at 11
1: on
2: 101.5 WORD. Hey everyone, this is Ed Glover from Urban Impact with today's Man Up Minute. At Urban Impact, our desire is to see radical transformation, to see God do a great work in lives of families. And we know that it starts with holistic ministry for one child, one family, one block at a time. That's how we've taken on the north side of Pittsburgh. So why do we do this? It's because children from fatherless homes are four times more likely to be poor. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. And 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions, well, you guessed it, they come from homes where there's no father. So today, we're going to challenge you as a man to be on a mission to help those that don't have a father, to align yourself with our Heavenly Father and His desires to work His grace out through you, that you might transform a life. Remember, all it takes is reaching one child, one family, one block at a time. I'm Ed Glover. Thanks for listening to today's Man Up Minute. For more information on our Man Up Conference on June 9th, visit us online at manuppittsburgh.org
0: amazing song you know i've never told anybody my story from Irwin brothers entertainment comes i can only imagine when i was uh, 11 years old life was tough on march 16th discover the untold story behind the beloved song that inspired millions my dad was a monster and I saw God transform him so I wrote this song for my dad I Can Only Imagine rated PG, parental guidance adjusted in theaters March 16th go to ICanOnlyImagine.com
1: showcase your business, meet local customers and make new connections at the 2018 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo Friday, March 16th from 4 to 8pm and Saturday March 17th from 11 to 4 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall, free and open to the public This annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 70 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. It's
0: an amazing song. You know, I've never told anybody my story. From Irwin Brothers Entertainment comes I Can Only Imagine. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. On March 16th, discover the untold story. Behind the beloved song that inspired millions. My dad was a monster, and I saw God transform him, so I wrote this song for my dad. I Can Only Imagine. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters March 16. Go to ICanOnlyImagine.com.
13: Ever feel stuck in a rut? No matter how hard you try, nothing seems to change. Well, James McDonald wants you to break the cycle of defeat, so listen up.
4: If you're here today and you're fighting a particular temptation, and you're determining, "I'll be strong, I'll be strong, I won't fall this time," and you're, you're pumping it up to get strong, and that's not the Christian life. Okay, it's not my wisdom, it's not my strength. If you're here today and you're wanting to live a life of righteousness you have to understand that god did not give you that capacity he created us in such a way the manufacturer's specifications are that we all desperately need the lord
9: nothing restores your soul quite like listening to god's still small voice to discover how to hear him speak through his word Check out the helpful resources at
13: jamesmcdonald.com. Listen up as a production of Walk in the Word.
1: If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM discount shopping club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the fun for half the price at Fun for All Family Fun Park in Cranberry. Get a hundred dollar value for fifty bucks, or fifty dollar value for twenty five, and enjoy the best family fun rides, games, and attractions, including the new XD Dark Ride. It's all for fun at Fun for All. Log on now to wordfm.com keyword shopping.
4: Hey, welcome back, Happy the are with us. Ministries come in all shapes and sizes, right? We think of ministry; we tend to think of helping the poor in some direct manner or other things. But this ministry we're talking about right now, Heaven Bound Ministries, a very unique perspective. Uh, with us from Heaven Bound Ministries, uh, Jennifer Wakeoff and Bonnie Lindley. Jennifer, Bonnie, welcome.
13: It's Jeannie, oh, that's sorry. okay. It's Jeannie Pierce-Whackoff, yes, and Bonnie Lindley. <laughs> All
4: right. Not Jeannie, bad most of the time. That's
13: okay. Thank you, George. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you. We're glad to be
4: here. Very good. Okay, so talk to us about this. Like I said, this is an unusual thing, right? Most ministries we think are you know, direct giving in some way. You're giving, but in a different way.
13: We are indeed. Heavenbound Ministries is a nonprofit, non-denominational Christian organization, and we are blessed. We've um, uh, for nearly twenty years we have been presenting the gospel in music uh, and nice. in uh, humor, if you will. Musical theater, though, is extremely important to this organization, and that's we're here today to invite people to come to He's Alive. It's a Christian um, uh, theater. It's a musical theater, right, Bonnie? Musical drama. Yes, Yes. exactly. And uh, it celebrates the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wonderful. And this is our 16th year, John, so this is not something new to the community. Yeah, uh, the Ohio Valley, it has become a tradition because we present it at the beautiful Capitol Theater in Wheeling, West Virginia. Wonderful space. Exactly. The venue is so accommodating. We have a cast and crew of nearly 300. Uh, It's an hour-and-a-half presentation. People come in, uh, and they uh, experience... um, the story, the greatest story ever told.
4: 300 people yeah, cast so, now, uh, It's now, enormous. Is, is
5: your cast consistent year after year, or is this recast every year? Well, it is open.
13: All It's always open. And we do, Kathy. We are blessed to have a number of returning vocalists and non-vocalists. Right, Bonnie? Because We're it's all drama, amateurs. Yeah, We're not exactly. professionals. Sure. These are exactly. all amateurs from no around the tri-state paid. area. Mm-hmm.
4: I exactly. See. You're doing have, it for the love of the Lord.
13: Absolutely. Oh. Only yeah. that. How Only beautiful. that. And that's why we invite people to come, John and Kathy, because it is a free it is a free show, if you will. It's more than entertainment to us, but it is a show. And it's open to the general public. And through the years we know, we know that there have been hundreds of people who've come into that beautiful historic theater not paying a dime. There's no ticket. There's no reservation required. The chance to see the performance three different times, Friday night, Saturday night, and Palm Sunday afternoon, who would never, ever set foot inside of a church.
4: I love this so much. But
13: they'll come into that beautiful theater. Because it's a show. It it, it is a show. They come knowing that it's free and it's a show, but they go away Our prayer is in a different attitude altogether, knowing full well that there is only one Lord of Lords and one King of Kings, and that's Jesus
4: Christ. Amen. So go back then 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Have you been with the organization? This has been your genesis for these 20 years. So then tell us that first conversation. You're kicking around what? I mean, how, how do you even pick up that thread?
13: Well, you know, it's interesting. The story started because there were three gals, Brenda Hetzel, Doris Estep, who is now 86 and still sings with us, and myself. We three gals just wanted to sing gospel music and make people smile, forget their troubles, look past us, go directly to the cross for about an hour. Uh, Started as a women's trio, and then we just sort of hung on for the ride. God took that trio, then birthed Heavenbound at all, which became a twenty twenty-five voice traveling group. Once again, no tickets, no paid vocalist, just volunteer. And then grew into Heaven Bound Ministries and then Heavenbound Ministries, Inc. He's Alive became a part of Heaven Bound, if you will, in nineteen ninety-six um, it was a musical that was released, written by Claire Cloninger and Gary Rhodes. It was released in the fall of 1995 for re- for uh, production in 1996. It was written, John, just as a church play. Huh. So in 1996, 23 years ago, it started out as a church play at a Baptist church in Wheeling West Virginia and from there it has just grown and grown and grown his, his his hand of favor has just been on it
4: so in all those 20 years about how many productions I mean standalone productions he's alive is one mm-hmm. but of course over those 20 years there's been a number of different productions
13: well yes um, keeping in mind that everyone works full-time we yeah. don't have any anybody that's that's paid <laughs> last year alone we did I think um, Eight other events during the normal course of the year, and the list Mm -hmm. of, we call them doors of opportunities that God has opened for 2018, we have eight already scheduled patriotic wow. concerts, Southern gospel concerts, Christmas concerts, hymn sings, even little things like precious birthday parties celebrating 80-year-old
5: gals up in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so it's wherever God leads us. That's good. Okay, so if people are interested in information, you gave me the website, which is heavenbound org, and I'll yes. put a link to that okay. um, on our page. But Tickets are not necessary. No. Okay. No. So people can you just show up, up at the Capitol show Theater. Show up at the <laughs> Theater.
13: Tell us, Theater. Tell us the dates again. It, it was it's uh, Friday uh, the twenty third. Right, Bond. Go ahead. Twenty third, <laughs> Saturday the twenty fourth, and Sunday afternoon, Palm Sunday afternoon. Okay. Now we want people to know also that the uh, police department in Wheeling is absolutely wonderful. They help us make sure that anyone with special needs who's pulling up uh, right in front of the theater has an opportunity to stop. We can um, accommodate handicap vans, mm-hmm. um, anyone with wheelchairs, special needs, and the theater accommodates that as well. Uh, we are really pleased to say that about 6,000 people see this performance each wow. year. Roughly 6,000 people. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, well, uh,
5: We hope it just goes even better than it has in the past years.
13: Well, you. thank you. We'd love for you folks to uh, come down and join yeah. us. Uh, we would That's love wonderful. to have you.
5: Heavenboundministriesinc.org <laughs> uh, You can find a link to the page on our page, The Ride Home with Johnny and Kathy. Our best to both of you. Thanks for Thanks coming in. Thanks so very much. Congratulations. It's wonderful here. work. <laughs> thank Thanks you. So
2: Yeah, traffic. It is what it is. Cars on the Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners, and cold shoulders from Cindy.
0: How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage
2: is missing me.
10: With a financial strategy from Kurt Kenotic.
2: There he was on the radio again. They Kurt sooner than they planned. Yeah, retire sooner. So I called Kurt. We just talked about life, family. It felt right. Then come to find out, Kurt's personalized retirement planning showed me retirement wasn't as far off as I thought. Now the only thing I'm missing is the traffic.
10: Do you need a financial strategy
9: for retirement? Let's talk. Accurate Solutions Group, 412-515-3355. That's 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services offered through Accurate Solutions Group, Inc.,
8: John Van Pay, pastor and author of the new book, Marathon Faith.
0: Surrendering your life to Jesus is the greatest decision you'll ever make, but that's just the starting line. Many of us begin our spiritual races of following Jesus with unrealistic expectations that hinder us from crossing the finish line. Every faith journey encounters obstacles. Just open the Bible. In my new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, I write about how men and women of faith overcame obstacles and how you can do the same. Along with scriptural references, I include my own life experiences about endurance running. When things get tough, let God help you endure your race so you too can finish well.
8: Order your copy of author John Van Pay's compelling new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, at Amazon and at barnesandnoble.com.
3: When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with j Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at j and Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. If you're
1: not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM discount shopping club members get up to half off great deals every day. Right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the fun for half the price at Fun For All Family Fun Park in Cranberry. Get a $100 value for $50 or $50 value for $25 and enjoy the best family fun rides, games, and attractions, including the new XD Dark Ride. It's all for fun at Fun For All. Log on now to wordfm.com Keyword shopping.
5: I was reading a story about Reggie Jackson today. I know you're thinking, what were you reading about Reggie Jackson for, Mr. Well, October? Yeah, Mr. October. Right, he was inducted into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame back in '93 because of his five, uh, five World Championships. Yeah, and All-Star appearances, fourteen. Wow, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Okay, but the thing that surprised me as I was reading the article, and not that he has ever uh, expressed himself differently, but I just did not realize that he's noted for having a high IQ. Oh,
3: do tell.
4: I did not know this.
5: So apparently Reggie Jackson has a reported IQ of 160. Whoa. Okay, so in addition to being an unbelievable athlete – um, he also has a high IQ. So I ended up doing a little search about, okay, so what, what other, you know, athletes or entertainers do I not know about who also have surprisingly high IQs? Interesting.
4: So Reggie Jackson can not only hit a fastball, he can tell you the physics behind
5: yeah, it. Yeah, he probably could. Very good. Okay, so I'm going to give you some of these celebrities. Okay. Okay. These are all people that you've probably heard of who have over, so a high IQ is supposed to be over 130. Okay. Okay. Have you ever had your IQ tested?
4: Uh, I can't say I have. Okay. Have you? I have had my IQ tested. you know tested. your IQ?
5: I don't know what the number is, no. I mean,
4: I I'm sure there was a time whenever I was in, whether grade school or junior high, right, everybody has their IQ tested in one form or another.
5: is well, true? Well, I don't know if everybody does, but I know... If
4: if, maybe if you were in the public school system right, at some were, point. Right, you were, right. Don't you think?
5: Yeah. I don't. My IQ hasn't been tested since I was in the public schools. Like, as a... Uh, maybe I had it last tested in high school.
4: Did you know that they say this is a... IQ test? Yes, I don't remember that.
5: Yes, I did know it was an IQ test. You may have been sick
4: that day. <laughs> just say.
5: You know, sometimes you just don't want to know. I just you know I've been out. Anyway, okay. So tell sleep. me if any of these are surprising to you.
4: These are celebrities with high IQs, mm-hmm. 130 and over. Right.
5: Now here's the thing. I don't know how accurate the number is. Okay, so each one of them has a number next to their name. I don't know how accurate that is, but we'll just say that they're just you know surprising. They're smarter than the average. They're smarter bear. than the average person. Sharon Stone. Hey. Does that surprised you, though. She's a, she's a member of Mensa.
4: Well, I got to say this: anybody who has a uh, a measure of achieved long term success, it won't surprise me if they're smart people, right? Because you, you, have, have you have to, have to have have do something. To a do. combination of oh, wait, and brains make it work. Let,
5: wait, let me just—I'm reading further into the paragraph here. In 2002, the Oscar-winning actress admitted that she actually didn't belong to Mensa.
4: <laughs> wait, wait, however wait.
5: yeah so apparently she had said for a while that she belonged to Mensa she had to admit in 2002 she didn't but she did start college at the age of 15
4: mm-hmm. oh well, right. she must be a okay. high achiever all right whatever okay so her IQs, Sharon Stone
5: well this is I mean should I read the numbers because I don't know if I trust them it says 148 whatever
4: okay it well, doesn't mean a whole lot to me
5: David Duchovny
4: David Duchovny mm-hmm. do you remember him sure I do X-Files okay. and uh, mm-hmm. famous uh, person who's addicted
5: <laughs> right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a Yale graduate mm-hmm. and also a Princeton graduate. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I don't remember where he did his undergrad and where he did his graduate work, but Princeton and Yale. Okay, I've heard him talk. He Seems like a pretty bright guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lisa Kudrow. Oh,
4: I love Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, so do I. I mean, she plays she plays the Daffy, right? So, which is far from the smart person.
5: But she has a degree from Vassar.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I like her very much. Yeah, me too. Quentin Tarantino.
4: Yeah. Okay. You, you have to be a smart guy to, to assemble to. that I mean, carnage right. and that blood on screen. That's not a surprise to me, right? No, no.
5: Well, Are you a fan?
4: Uh, not particularly. Any of his work? Well, I remember years ago I did see Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. and I like Pulp Fiction. Okay. But, you know, it's a precursor to the bloodletting that came, you know, later in the career. Uh, Kill Bill, I, I, I have no desire to watch that.
5: I have never seen one of his films. Haven't you? Mike, have you Mike, ever seen you one nev- of his films?
4: You've never seen any of his films?
5: I saw Kill Bill a long time ago. Yeah. I
13: and I, I remember it was a good movie as far as like entertainment value and action, but.
4: A lot of bloodletting. Yes. Right? That's yes. what it is. It's generally. Pulp fiction to me was interesting because I'd never seen anything like it. I think that was a, uh, an inclusion of a new genre. Not a maybe, but just a, a different genre that I had not been exposed to before. So that was, that was a long time ago. That was probably like 1992 maybe. Kill
5: Bill. Is that long? Is no, that long? no. I'm oh. talking about Pulp Fiction. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a high school dropout. Did you know that?
4: Huh. That's interesting. A lot of guys who are super bright right. are high school dropouts. Yeah. They just can't. I'm not going to They can't. It. Right. They can't. It's boring.
5: Work in that structure. Right. Alicia Keys. Oh, really? She was the her high school valedictorian okay. at age 16. Hmm. She attended uh, Columbia University before she dropped out to pursue music full time. Hmm. Okay. Okay? I I can certainly understand that. Um, I don't know who Dolph Lundgren is except that he was in Rocky IV.
4: He's an actor and a fighter. Mm -hmm. Fighter first, actor second.
5: Did you know that he has a master's degree in chemical engineering from the University of Sydney and was a Fulbright scholar?
4: Whoa, that's super cool. We met a Fulbright scholar just the other day. Yeah, we did. We had one right here in the studio. Jose.
5: Yeah. Uh, Jodie Foster.
4: No surprise. Look... um, did Jodie Foster ever receive a traditional? Oh, yeah, she yes, later she, on she went to that. That's where John Hinckley uh, followed her.
5: Oh, is that right? To university. She right? graduated magna cum laude from Yale. I Okay.
4: Because I think early on she had to be homeschooled. I mean, she right know, because she has of, a career as an, of, right a young as a actor. child actor. Right. Matt Damon. Uh huh. Okay. Well, look, he wrote a screenplay with. Um, what who's uh...
5: yeah with uh, oh I can't stay. I like him a lot better than I like um... she was
4: married to your best friend yeah with Jennifer Garner yeah
5: why can't I think of his name yeah Matt Damon and Ben Affleck yeah Ben Affleck yeah
4: I mean they wrote the, the screenplay together
5: yes he ruined Shakespeare in love
4: who Ben Affleck.
5: Yeah, I think he's a horrible actor. I've never he's never been believable can't to say me. He's a horrible I don't actor. I, I, he's never I be- agree with that. He's never believable to me in a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just isn't. Matt Damon, I did not realize this but he was a Harvard student and he dropped out because he got a movie role. That's where they Was that is that where yeah. Good Will Hunting came from? Yes. Was that the role that yes, made him drop sure out of Harvard? Yeah, yeah yeah.
4: Okay. I mean they they wrote that thing, pitched that thing and then got to produce it. Yeah, so and then star in the film. I mean, who does that? That's super bright.
5: Nicole Kidman.
4: No surprise as well. Yeah,
5: um, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, I love that. I, I love, love him. Tommy, what a I face! I absolutely love him. My hope is when did you see you, that
4: face, you wish you oh, wish uh, I had that face. Okay,
5: I have something that I never knew before. Hmm. His roommate at Harvard was. <laughs> wait, listen to me. Mike's <laughs>
4: laughing because I said, "Wish I had that face."
5: <laughs> I went it's, right. I went right past it. No, I know you did. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones' roommate at Harvard was Al Gore.
4: Uh, oh, I, uh, yeah, I didn't what? know that. Is that, is that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know.
5: Okay, Tommy Lee Jones. Um, James Woods.
4: Oh, James Woods. James Woods has not acted much. Did you ever see the uh, the, the film called The Onion Field? No. With Ted Dawson. Ted no. Danson, sorry. Which is different Ted than Danson. Ted Dawson. It was. Onion Field. Onion Field. <laughs> hey, it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. a great
7: movie. Sharing the word
9: that changes the world.
7: 101.5
11: WORD-FM, Pittsburgh,
9: a service of Salem Media Group.
11: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Police are investigating a series of deadly package bomb explosions in Austin, Texas. The latest bombing severely injured a 75-year-old woman. Police Chief Brian Manley says investigators believed that attack and one earlier Monday that killed a 17-year-old boy and injured a woman in her 40s are linked to a March 2nd package bombing that killed a 39-year-old man in another neighborhood. And he's asking all Austin residents to watch for anything suspicious. It's not
1: time
14: to panic, but it's time to be vigilant and it's time to pay attention. It's time to pull together as a city and a community and solve this. So we need the community's participation. If you see a suspicious package on your porch or somebody else's, let us know.
11: Investigators have not determined a motive for the attack, but it's possible that the victims could have been targeted because of their race. On Wall Street, a mixed day as the Dow is down by 157 points. The Nasdaq rose 28, the S&P dropped 4. This is SRN News.
15: Hi, it's me, Marcia at the Spring House. Did you know Easter's springing up on us, and quickly too? Do you know what that means at the Spring House? Well, first of all, it means you can enjoy the freshest, tastiest fried or baked cod every Friday night on the farm. It also means it's time to call and order your Spring House Easter goodies. Our hickory smoked hams are extra special. We use only real hickory wood from the farm to slowly smoke these old-fashioned treats to perfection. Order a whole or half, and we'll send along cooking instructions, too. Mmm, how about Springhouse scalloped potatoes and homemade applesauce to go without ham? Finish off your meal with a from-scratch Springhouse coconut cream pie or custard pie or a chocolate log cake. Oh, and you can even decorate your table with our adorable bunny breads and eat them, too. Easter also means our annual Springhouse Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday feast. Check us out at SpringhouseMarket.com for all the details. Celebrate this most joyous holiday at the Springhouse in 84 Pennsylvania.
1: Business is booming and so is Christian Business Partners, where you'll find allies who share your values as you seek to serve God in and through your daily work. Now with seven chapters throughout the region, including new groups in Monroeville and Ambridge, find weekly encouragement from 815 to 930 a.m. as you enjoy prayer and Bible study, fellowship, trade referrals and make friends. Find your Christian business partners at cbp316.com.
5: Dentistry isn't what it used to be. It's really come a long way.
1: Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock.
10: The pain management techniques, the comfort that we can offer now really make it a much more pleasant experience. We have a great team. They really help to put a patient at ease.
5: Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on- one one relationship with them.
1: On Perry Highway in Wexford at Stock Dentistry.com. For over 35 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. I just saved hundreds
2: of dollars by switching to Geico. I feel like I'm on top of the world. Disclaimer, you will not be transported to the top of the world. In the unlikely event you find yourself at the Arctic Circle, seek shelter from the elements immediately to avoid frostbite and or hypothermia. GEICO will not be responsible if you find yourself in a cave or crevasse with a lonely, abominable snowman, who in all likelihood will force you to play games including, but not limited to, go fish, charades, Chinese checkers, or his personal favorite, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Yeti on over. GEICO is not liable for any damages, either physical or emotional.
0: GEICO. 15
8: minutes could save you 15% or more.
6: Snow showers around through midweek will cause slippery travel at times. For tonight, mainly cloudy, snow shower in the area. Cold with a low 24. Brisk and cold day for tomorrow. It'll be cloudy with snow showers and heavier squall around in the afternoon. An inch or two can accumulate. High will be 35. Mostly cloudy with more snow showers tomorrow night through Wednesday. Low 24 tomorrow night, high 35 Wednesday. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM.
3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Oh, greetings. Good afternoon to you. The uh, second day of springing forward.
4: Here it is. Look, It's 5 o'clock. Not that long ago, we were sitting in the dark at 5 o'clock.
5: I know, and this is wonderful. Ugh. But I just, the, the thought of giving up an hour of sleep and just the experience of it is so wretched. Small price. It's Small so wretched. Small price to pay. Uh, find us on uh, our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, to see a photograph of uh, two of my family members sleeping.
4: Really? You posted that?
5: All right, it's two of my cats. Let me check it out. They're super cute. Okay. I know it's another cat picture, but you know.
4: It is. That's what the internet like, like, was made for.
5: 12 people liked it already, so leave me oh, alone.
4: Oh, well will
5: because they're so cute. Look at them. Oh, Personally. my gosh. Anyway, happy National Napping Day. Uh, that's what today is, and we hope mm. that you've been able to take advantage of that. There are people celebrating all over the uh, country. Listen, if you uh, – if- Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they're
4: celebrating all over the country?
5: Yes, because on Twitter, if you look up na- uh, hashtag National Napping Day, there are pictures of people all over actually the country napping. sleeping, actually napping.
4: You know, there was a. Uh, well, I guess it's not fair to, to say that, uh, to, to call it a nap. Remember that time you you lay down on the couch in the lobby? Remember that?
5: That was not.
4: It wasn't a nap. A nap. But I was I was uh, ill. I was picturing my mind to eyes, you know, yeah. laying out there yeah. on the couch and yeah. having like a little Afghan. Yeah, there was no and Afghan had, either. No, there, wasn't, no. there wasn't an Afghan. No. But the first time you laid down was outside the boss's office. Right, that's when I collapsed. And that sure wasn't that a was nap. A re- <laughs> that wasn't a nap.
5: You know when you get dreadfully sick at work, and I don't mean like a little stomach irritation, a little headache. Who gets dreadfully I mean like, sick at work? I mean, like dreadfully sick at work. Yeah, it is the most humiliating mm. experience. It's happened
4: to you twice, twice, yeah, twice here. I was here. I was happy two, to oversee it
5: two different times. My
4: favorite thing about you being sick is really you were you were in bad shape. <laughs> that we went down the hall, and at the time there was sort of like this healthcare agency yes. down the hall from us. Yes. and I went in there and I said, "Excuse me, can I borrow your wheelchair?" And they were so kind. It was like a display wheelchair.
5: Mm-hmm. We
4: put you in that, rolled mm-hmm. you downstairs. I put you in my car.
5: Right. Cause you're going to take me to the hospital, right. which was very nice of you.
4: And then we're driving down the parkway and I was speeding a little quick to get to the hospital. And then all of a sudden you like had this miraculous touch and you rebound. And just as I was turning to go like on the parkway, it's 70 miles an hour to make a left. Mm-hmm. You said, no, don't go to the hospital. Take me home. <laughs> Yeah. And I had to go. You
7: know,
5: ball, ball. I would gi- give you the particulars of what I was suffering with, oh. but it's just not good for it radio. Wasn't good,
4: no, it was you know. But you know what? It strengthened our relationship. <laughs> you know,
5: it sure did. It sure did. And what's great about it is that uh, you know all the caring people that were here at Word oh, FM oh actually took photographs of me when I was ailing, and then kind of blackmailed me with no, them no. later.
4: The best part of it all was when you did collapse outside the boss's office. <laughs> that when you came in the next day, there was. A body outline in yellow police tape that where your body in the shape of your crumpled body, it was. which is fabulous. That was
5: nice. I still have a photograph it's of that. Very, very That's funny. That's when I knew that you all cared. Everybody loves you.
4: Everybody just want to mock you in your pain and misery. <laughs> Good golly. This is a Christian station, by this the way. This is
5: a rough place to work. No, it's a fabulous no, it's a, place it's to it's work. It's a great place to work. Fabulous place. Uh, but the it's, same. yeah. I mean, it, like, what if, ever, what if you all were like all crying and everything? That'd be horrible. What? We're not going to be crying. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why it's – No. Okay. This is not what we were going to talk about, but I need to make a little detour here.
11: <laughs> we already did. i
5: got to be honest. I'm just going to say from my perspective about who I am. i got to be me. Working as a woman, working with men is a lot easier than working with women.
2: Whoa! 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 Okay. Holy
4: heck!
5: I just need to say that.
4: Uh-oh, uh oh! You I need just, to say it. You inflamed a lot of people it's right an now. Unpop-
5: I'm a feminist Matt. It's Say an, that again. It's an unpopular opinion. As a woman, I have been in the workforce now since I see. My first job was when I was seventeen, and I've been. I had a ten-year hiatus when I was only working part-time. But other than that, I've been working in a full-time capacity, mm-hmm. and I will tell you that as a woman, working with men is easier than working with women.
4: Okay. I have no insight on that. I'll just, just say that- I just want to say Happy that, that you're here. I'll, I'll say this. you know, Generally, because we've been a, a very long, stable group of people here. New Mike's the newest guy here. What, Mike, this is your seventh month with us? I believe so. Seven months. Well, congratulations. Tonight, thank
5: you. It's going to be an outstanding month. Oh, I know it. <laughs>
4: Seven months. But, you know, I've been here for a long time, a couple decades, and Gary and Kenny and David and Tom, a lot, you know, Mike, a lot of these people have been around for a long time. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of like no must, no fuss. We know our jobs. I like that. Let's just do this. I like that. So, and so during the day, you know, there's some small visiting and some, you know, carrying on.
5: There's some frivolity. Yeah. But then but when you much. come
4: in, you know, you come in as the woman back here in programming, Everybody kind of goes, "Hey, Kath!" Yeah, what? All of a sudden, the energy changes.
5: There we go. We're good to go. Which I like, I like it a lot. We're good to go because we're we're all doing our thing, we right? Are, yeah. We're getting some things accomplished, Get the work done. That's here. what I'm all about. She brings yeah. the good vibes. That's you do it.
4: right. The what the zing is what the you, zing? You, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you one had. of our and guests did say that. Yeah, one time one of our guests showed up and Kath was on vacation. The guy was like, "Where's Kath?" I was like, she's not here?" He goes, "Oh, we're missing the zing today." you are missing That's the sweet. zing. Huh? i never had anyone that call me sweet. zing, but sweet.
5: I liked it. All right. On this day in history, John, mm-hmm. uh, March 12th, 1933, thirty-three. Thirty-three. Franklin Delano Roosevelt gave the first of his nationwide fireside chats mm-hmm. on radio. Okay. At that point, one in four Americans was out of work nationally. Wow. In some cities, unemployment was well over 50%. But this is the reason I bring it up. Obviously, it's this day in history, and that's important to recognize. But he was the first president to make regular use of radio or, if you think about it, any medium to speak directly to Americans without having his message filtered through the press.
4: Direct to the people.
5: Direct to the people. Now, this is talked about incessantly right now because of President Trump on Twitter. Ever since he became a candidate, long before he became a candidate, but he carried it through his candidacy, carried it through uh, becoming president of the United States, he has communicated via Twitter directly to the American people without going through the press. It's interesting to think that back in 1933, FDR had the same idea. He was just doing it differently.
4: Okay, so the first nationwide radio broadcast, coast to coast, was 1927.
5: Wow. so this was only five years later.
4: It's a brand new medium, right? Right. People were not used to turning on the radio and especially hearing the president of the United States voice. Now, I how shocking that must have been! And
5: people, it, Twitter is a relatively new medium. Ten years, I would say ten years. Okay. And people are still not used to hearing a president's voice on Twitter. It's um, I'm using voice in air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Right?
4: For better or worse. Right.
5: Now, so Roosevelt wasn't actually sitting beside a fireplace when he mm-hmm. delivered the speeches. He was at, at a microphone in the White House, right? But a reporter from CBS coined the term fireside chat in a press release before one of Roosevelt's speeches. The name stuck. And that's what Roosevelt was going for. He was trying to convey to the people – I think this is important – The comforting intent behind what the president wanted to do, and he wanted to convey it in an informal, conversational tone. He was Mm -hmm. trying to use simple language. He was trying to use concrete examples. He called the people he was talking to my friends. Yes. And he referred to himself as I – and you, as you. It wasn't as president or citizen or dear listeners or anything like that. Right. Um,
4: it's a stroke of genius, quite honestly. Have you ever heard the tapes? Uh, yes, broadcast? I have. Oh, I love them. Me too. I love them. Because it, the goal was to be a comforting presence.
5: Right, in times of great difficulty. Yes,
4: he certainly hit the mark. So can you imagine when he came on on a regular time? What what time was it when he hit the air? One I don't have anything was it about what evening? time I, they started. I would imagine like a started. Sunday evening at 7 or something like that.
5: There are only 30 of them. Really? I was surprised that there weren't more of those.
4: Huh. Well... I mean look to feel as though you're part of the national conversation mm-hmm. and the president of the United States is speaking directly to me and to my uh, my desire, my needs, my wants, my my broke all that, right? The president's there for me. The calmness. Now which is different than what we're getting well, from the current okay, president?
5: Okay, but is it is it different? It is. Okay. I think in some ways it's similar. In that it's a, people, it's a medium, and people who have Twitter feel like the president is talking to them. In that way, I think it's the yes, same. Yes,
4: I do. But rarely is the president's tone comforting in, on Twitter.
5: I don't think it's ever been that.
4: Right. So, you know, n- not to bash the president, but th- there is a large difference between being the comforter-in-chief or FDR in the times of a Great Depression and being the president and essentially stirring the pot, right? For so that's what it number- is. You
5: think it's stirring the pot? Yeah, I
4: think so. I mean, I, look, say what you will, um, I would prefer probably that, you know, the president did not tweet only because it does. I think it sort of ends up hurting him more than it helps him because it creates a lot of tension and consternation. And, and so I think he gets off message quickly and he tends to be impulsive and emotional, right. which also don't work in his favor.
5: I think the biggest problem with Twitter um, is perhaps magnified in him, which is that it encourages you to be reactionary yeah and by you well, i mean every person who uses twitter twitter encourages you because of the immediacy of it it encourages you to be reactionary and so that's why the medium can often descend into hyperpartisanship and mm-hmm. fake news and all that sort of thing because people get off on tangents and that becomes oh, viral and boy. it just goes you know from this thing to that thing to this thing to that thing so and and i think the president being an impulsive person to start with it just becomes magnified in the medium. I I do think it's interesting though that the desire of both men was the same to get my message to the people Direct. and not go through the press.
4: Exactly. Which that's that's perfect, is it not? Who why do you need that middleman? Cuz they're going to input and they're going to comment. Just tell me where I am. I'm
5: surprised I think though that at that point in history FDR thought that was important. I mean, that was that was back at the time when when it might not maybe it wasn't the I mean, broadcasting was just beginning, yeah. but I think that people were still in like the happy honeymoon phase when it came to radio and, and print and, but he didn't see it that way. He's, he did not want to go through the press. Right.
4: I mean, when you look at the incredible, the rapid rise of radio. I mean, look, five years earlier, there was not mass communication, right, and mass as far as the entire country. There were small pockets, essentially sort of people like podcasting. There were closed little circuits or, you know, town to town or even even the bigger stations like KDKA. um, That wasn't massive. But he harnessed something that was sort of magic in the bottle.
5: Right. It's kind of the way, um, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about how, Comparing the Hillary Clinton campaign... To the Donald Trump campaign, you would think that, you know, the Democratic Party is kind of poised itself as being the party of the younger, the party of the hipper. Um, but when it came to actually how they ran their campaigns, it was flip-flopped. Yeah. The Donald Trump's campaign was actually younger and hipper in its approach, where Hillary Clinton, you know, outspent him two to one, but invested most of her advertising dollars in television. So was that which the candidate? Did, and, and, and Donald Trump did most of his on Twitter, which is free.
4: Exactly. Yeah. So was that the candidate's perspective? Or derivative, you know, did, well from that root, or was it? Uh, I, the think there, I think there. I think
5: there are people still trying to digest that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that I can't think of the man's name, but the uh, the man who was the head of social media for the Trump campaign would think that it was his idea, and <laughs> and it very well might have been well, that this a, is the way we're going to run this, and this is the way it's going to work. Yeah, well, it's a, certainly a yeah. career
4: defining moment.
5: Yeah, Mike, you've got a clip of uh, one of the fireside chats. Can you play that for us,
3: ladies and gentlemen? The
11: President of the United States. My friends, I want to talk for a few minutes with the people of the United States about banking. To talk with the comparatively few who understand the mechanics of banking, but more particularly with the overwhelming majority of you who use banks for the making of deposits and the drawing of checks. I want to tell you what has been done in the last few days and why it was done and what the next steps are going to be. Okay,
5: first of all, it's fabulous that we can hear his voice sure is but the second thing is radio is just so much of a better medium than Twitter yeah I mean, you just think of what he said in that twenty-second clip. He so was talking. He was talking about a thing. He wanted to introduce you to the concept if you didn't know it, and he was going to explain it to you. Right. That's the problem with social media: is there's just not very much of that.
4: No, 140 characters doesn't encapsulate something complex right. and so so deeply emotional. Because he's talking. FDR is um, clearly that was right after the banks failed, so he's going, "Okay, let's talk about the big picture mm-hmm. because most of us don't understand the big picture because it's so you know massive. So we all know what. A It's like to go into a bank and deposit or withdraw money. We can do that, and we'll start the conversation from that perspective.
5: Right. How often can you even think in recent memory of the president having a conversation like that with the American people? Like they're very – like the president is either like tweeting like a mad person Right. Or he's doing a formal speech where he's in front of a podium wearing a suit and tie and reading prepared remarks.
4: Well, remember when Jimmy Carter was derided uh, during – you were – I don't even know if you were – you might not have been born. (laughs) No, I was born.
5: I was born when Jimmy Carter was
7: president.
4: Where he put a sweater on and sat down in in like an easy chair. And the sweater, he was saying – Hey, you know what, we want to save some money and uh, save some some energy. So turn down your thermostat and put a sweater on. Oh and no, that, I don't that know. Way that way you can save some money. Well the press just ate him alive for that. But that I remember that Why?
5: Because he was because he was southern and dumb? Well it was just an overly
4: simplistic oh, solution okay. to a very complex problem. Okay. But something like that. I remember that.
5: How- but do you ever remember Barack Obama ever having a conversation like using really simple language like that with the American pub- public or George well, Bush certainly certainly President Obama,
4: they, I mean that the, could be plain spoken.
5: Well, I'm not saying they couldn't have been plain spoken, but he was. This was his strategy. FDR was going to talk about simple, complex things, but in very simple yeah. conversational tones. I the only time I can even think of George Bush really doing that was after 9 11 when he yeah. would talk, had talked off the cuff a lot. But I don't remember Barack Obama really, he rarely talked off the
4: cuff. No. Well, what's interesting, interesting again about FDR is that you think of how deeply unsophisticated we were as a people in 1933. I mean, some people read the newspaper, that's where you got your information. But that conversation about the day's events generally took around, you know, the the corner store or, in a, you know, somewhere hanging out, you know, at a, at a restaurant. It wasn't mass. Right. And so people's way of communicating. See, all of us w- – we are children of the medium. So I think our, our skill level at discerning oh. content and yeah, intent you, and all that.
5: He- we're used to hear We we're have so much input now. Yeah. We have like a built-in filter. Sure.
4: So by the time the average person is, you know, eight or 10 years old, they've already got the skill set that's going to, you know, feed them the rest of their lives if you're an american in the 21st century mm-hmm. that in 1933 Didn't exist. wasn't a place and no. you could have been a 60 year or 70 right. year old person
5: so you're saying that people gave him the benefit of the doubt just because they they their cynicism for media hadn't yes. hadn't grown into
4: anything and it was so shockingly direct now believe me FDR was loved and deeply hated by a large swaths of the population for any number of reasons but I think people would, were willing to invite him into your living room mm-hmm. and enjoy that conversation to see what they can discern.
5: Yeah. I think it's an interesting conversation. I, yeah, I think sure it's, is. I think on this day in history, uh, March 12, 1933, thinking back to when FDR gave the first of his nationwide fireside chats, we've changed a lot. We've become more cynical,
4: polarized. We've
5: become more polarized. And, um, Our president communicates differently.
4: He surely does. Okay, well, speaking of polarization, stick around for our next guest. There's
5: got to be a middle ground, right? I mean, we're always being pulled right or left. Isn't there any way forward for people who just want to follow God?
4: That's our conversation in just a few minutes. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. 101.5
7: WORD with James McDonald
3: and Walk in the Word. Ever feel like a car stuck in the mud? You're trying to overcome marriage problems, depression, or addiction, but the wheels keep on spinning and you're going nowhere? This week on Walk in the Word, James McDonald helps us gain traction and get moving with the Unstuck Series. Discover the liberating power of God's Word when you listen this week to Walk in the Word with James McDonald. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD.
10: Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. Tour any of Eden's three North Hills campuses during Admissions Week, now through March 15th, and see what the area's largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school has to offer. Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983 at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
16: This is Jay Hagerman of Hagerman Law. You had your will done years ago, but a lot's changed since then. At Hagerman Law, we believe it's always good to have a second set of eyes on the big decisions in life that deal with your assets and the people most important to you. We understand the nuances of elder law. Issues like Medicaid, federal aid and attendance for veterans, and how they affect your estate and the ones that you love. So let's talk. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit hegermanlaw.com.
9: I'm Robin Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com It's
10: an amazing song.
0: You know, I've never told anybody my story. From Irwin Brothers Entertainment comes I Can Only Imagine. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. On March 16th, discover the untold story behind the beloved song that inspired millions. My dad was a monster, and I saw God transform him, so I wrote this song for my dad. I Can Only Imagine. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters March 16th. Go to ICanOnlyImagine.com.
4: We are talking just a few minutes ago about FDR, Twitter, Twitter, and polarization. Mm -hmm. Following up on that is Ben Burkholder. Ben is the assistant pastor at North Park Church. And uh polarization has come up because Kath, you were at the Jubilee Professional two weeks ago. Right. And Ben himself was in, in attendance mm-hmm. and so yeah. you sort of struck up something here that's well, a little tense. I, I
5: just every time I have an opportunity to speak in public, the idea of polarization comes up <laughs> mm-hmm. because we're so polarized. <laughs> it's yeah. like you can't you can't ignore the elephant in the room. Um, especially when you're in a group a large group of people who are have come together under the umbrella of faith, and mm-hmm. I look out there and I see people's faces and I think, you know, not all these people agree on everything, mm-hmm. and yet we're all gathering, we're trying to make sense out of it, and we're trying to have a civil conversation about difficult matters. So first off, um, I'm just glad you're here, Ben, and I'm glad that we can have a – I always like to find like-minded people who are interested mm-hmm. in trying to find a, a civil path, so welcome.
4: Oh, yeah, well, thank you. Glad to be on the show. Thank you. So, wait, so then talk about what you would consider – what is the definition of polarization? I mean, how can you... To, right.
5: Well, it. I mean, to me, and Ben, you can weigh in on this, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I can give an exact definition, but I would say experientially, it seems as if... Um, let's use immigration as a topic. So, it, you know, three months ago, it was everywhere in the news. Because of it's, Right, and it's everywhere on Twitter, and it's everywhere on Facebook. And the way I saw it panning out was you could either be for um, supporting refugees, but not only supporting refugees, but supporting DACA, not only that, but it would have to go over into, I believe, in open borders. We shouldn't have any borders whatsoever. And if you don't subscribe to all of those things put together, then you are a selfish bigot, you are the worst kind of Westerner, and you're a terrible Christian because you don't care about anybody else. Now, (laughs) I now, I don't know how many people can... Put themselves in one of those two camps. I don't think any of us are Mm -hmm. in either one of those camps, and yet that's the way media tends to slice us up. Mm -hmm. It's either one or the other. Ben, do you see it that way?
14: So I think you're speaking to one of the issues at 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 hand here, and that is the binary options that we're given. Yes, and I think our political system has loved that from the earliest days till now. Mm -hmm. We like one choice or the other, and that's easy for us as Americans to say. You've got this choice or that choice. I would want to put polarization. On a relational level, so we can be either uh, have different ideologies. We can believe different things about how the border should be run, about immigration. But I think when we become polarized, is when I don't care to listen to you anymore. I now right. cut you off as yes, just because you're on that side, you are therefore wrong and nothing to offer to me. I don't need to That's listen it. to you at all,
5: right? So I don't need your perspective.
14: Correct. So we shut each other out. So I think it's when I would put polarization as a relational move where I've moved to actually push someone Mm -hmm. else away. So it's
5: not just a difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that there is a difference of opinion. And therefore, I'm putting you on that side, me on this side, and I don't want to hear anything you have to say.
14: Yes.
4: That's, that's harsh, isn't it? It so is not th- it So that conversation is unnecessary and void in my worldview. The two will never meet. So mm-hmm. th- despite us disagreeing, we're not even going to bother to try to advance a conversation further because of politics or
14: vitriol or anger or mm-hmm. whatever. We just choose to be in our corner. We will be polar opposites. And you've already decided that person is other. I don't need to engage them. Right. And you've made up your mind already.
9: Right.
5: So I think that's one of the problems we've had in the um, abortion conversation. And I've been involved in that conversation since I was in college. And because people feel so strongly about it and because there's so much uh, emotional energy invested in it, how could you kill a baby? How could you hate women? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we have elevated it to those levels. And I'm not necessarily saying uh, – I'm not saying that those perspectives are completely bankrupt. I'm just saying that they've been used as weapons against the sure. other side. And therefore, I think our pro- one of our problems with abortion legislation has been that never, n- none of those bits of rhetoric will allow the two groups to uh, achieve anything working together or find any common ground.
14: I think that's fair that we don't have a system that's – in fact, what do we do when someone compromises? They become the black sheep of the party. When someone
5: right, 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 yeah, starts yeah, yeah. to
14: say, "Well, let's let's listen," you're, you're cast out of your side. So. Yeah, so we just see those with
4: the NRA, right, and what's happening in Florida, mm-hmm. correct? So there's all this, you know, oh, how dare you uh, just just gone opposite to what the party thinks, or you've gone opposite to what the,
14: the, the religion thinks. So you're not part of my league anymore. So we're driven back into these separate polar camps again, and it keeps. So they're self policing. So we set them up and then they keep policing themselves because you don't want to stray too far. Right. Exactly.
5: And then you're afraid to say – I mean I have to be honest and I, I believe I've been honest about this on the air. But in all our conversations about immigration, I have been afraid to say the wrong thing. Because Why?
4: You're afraid of what?
5: Because I don't. Know, because I'm afraid I'm going to be labeled a bigot, or I'm afraid I'm mm-hmm. going to be labeled, you know, a stupid American or a Westerner who doesn't care about anybody else. And it's not that I have a perfectly formed world view of immigration. That's my problem. I don't know exactly what I think. But it's almost as if you're not allowed to say that. You have to come out and say, No, no, I understand. I'm, I'm fully for. Here's my talking. Yeah, points. Yeah. Here are my talking points. When I feel like I'm in the middle, I don't really know how to, how I feel about immigration.
14: And we have these complex issues that we reduce to sound bites. And so then all you're left with are the talking points. Mm -hmm. And so something like immigration has got so many different pieces to it. And we could have different views, but we're offered – you're either this or you're that. Or, you're
5: either this right, and that's
4: just the way it is. So this goes back to the conversation we are having a little bit earlier about FDR or President Trump, that now we're being forced into 140 characters, and that must be concise and succinct. And if it's not, then there's mm-hmm. no, no no sort of discourse allowed or no mm-hmm. questions allowed. Mm-hmm. How can that be? I mean, that is, intellectually, that's just lazy
14: and stupid, it, it feels as though. I would agree. And you go back to read, say, de Tocqueville's Democracy in America, where he was marveling at... The public debate <laughs> happening in the town square.
5: Christ. Well, now, he, now we don't have debate, we just yeah. have screaming right. shots at each other right. on Twitter the, and Facebook. Right, if the Tocqueville showed up now, he'd think, Oh, he'd, is this the same country? It. Yeah, all right, we need to step away.
4: Yeah, stay with us, please. We're talking with uh, Ben Burkholder, he's the assistant pas- pastor at North Park Church. Polarization, what exactly is going on here? Do you have a solution?
0: Connor Lamb has been called Nancy Pelosi's hand-picked candidate, and she'll do anything to get him elected. That's because Pelosi knows Connor Lamb will follow her liberal herd. Backed by Nancy Pelosi, Lamb will be a vote for her liberal agenda of higher taxes, more job-killing regulation, and a weaker military.
2: Connor Lamb, he's with her, not us. Built American Tough, Rixicon. As a U.S. Air Force officer, Rick Saccone defended our country against commandos and espionage from North Korea. As a senior counterintelligence agent in Iraq, Rick Saccone captured and interrogated terrorists. As congressman, Rick Saccone will fight for Pennsylvania jobs and oppose Nancy Pelosi. Rick Saccone protects our families, community, and country. Built American tough. Rick Saccone. Paid for by NRCC and not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. www.nrcc.org. NRCC is responsible for the content of this advertising.
1: For over 35 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around, a complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Homeowners have the perception that they don't want to do windows and doors in the wintertime. Energy Swings Donny Dara. Actually, winter is a fantastic. Fantastic time to do windows and doors because the prices are lower. And we have what we call warm installations, meaning a
8: lot of the work's done from inside your home. You don't have this big open gaping hole in your wall.
4: You take the old window out, you put the new window in, the perimeter of the window on the inside, and the outside is what takes time to finish and to shim it and square it, and make sure it's plump. Our employee installers, they're covered by workers' compensation insurance. We want to be sure that they are not injured in any way, shape, or form. So the doors or windows they're installed for from inside the home, so that makes it a lot safer. So winter is an absolutely fantastic time, fabulous time to invest in windows and doors. And prices are lower at this time of year, too. Right now,
1: get $200 off every window, $500 off every entry and patio door, plus 5% off for Word listeners only. Visit energyswingwindows.com. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM discount shopping club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the fun for half the price at fun for all family fun park in cranberry get a hundred dollar value for 50 bucks or 50 dollar value for 25 and enjoy the best family fun rides games and attractions including the new xd dark ride it's all for fun at fun for all log on now to wordfm.com keyword shopping
6: snow showers around through midweek will cause slippery travel at times Uh, for tonight mainly cloudy snow shower in the area Cold with a low 24. Brisk and cold day for tomorrow. It'll be cloudy with snow showers and heavier squall around in the afternoon. An inch or two can accumulate. High will be 35. Mostly cloudy with more snow showers tomorrow night through Wednesday. Low 24 tomorrow night, high 35 Wednesday. I'm AccuWeather Media just Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. <music>
4: We're talking about polarization. What exactly is polarization? How does that work or not in 21st century America? Ben Burkholder is with us. Ben's the assistant pastor at North Park Church. So Ben, your, your outreach, which yeah, is and, in and some ways a, a defining sort of thrust for you to, to see out but be part of the Christian body as well.
14: Yes, yes. And so my, my task at the church and my oversight is over the outreach piece of our church ministry. And that brings up the issue of polarization because as we go out, um, a lot of there's a lot of projections already on the Christian community, and then even as we're discussing our faith with others, people already, and I would say the non-Christian world is becoming more and more aware of the issues within the Bible. So homosexuality, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. they're they're very well informed of all that. And so as you begin to talk about your faith, guess they're what? They're driving right into these same social yes. divert, you know, um, divisions that we've been plagued with. And so you're pigeonholed. And so how do you break out of that? How do you share your faith Mm -hmm. across that? How do you not get stuck in one of those silos? Okay.
5: So you're saying that if you start out in a conversation, you know, talking to someone about your faith, trying to share who who you believe Jesus was, something about the scriptures, something about anything, instead that You know the term Christian or evangelical has been branded by our culture, and so they think they already know who you are, right? And so the conversation ends up going in political directions instead of spiritual ones.
14: Correct. I mean, it's very. I mean, everyone knows, I believe, how the evangelical tended to vote in the last election, and so that that's kind of a label we wear together, whether we like it or not. Sure. And so that's what's projected upon who you are. You start saying, "Hey, I believe in Jesus, and you should too." Well, that becomes. the label. Right. Mm -hmm. And so... Now you're a a
4: right-wing conservative who voted for President Trump and you're damaged goods to the people you're speaking with. You're lumped in with a bunch of other things that you may or may not hold. Yeah. So talk about the outreach itself then. You find yourself in situations where? I mean, where
14: would you typically be? So one of the things I do, I'm a CCO associate, which means I'm a part-time volunteer at La Roche College campus. And so I'll strike up conversations with students about faith. And... Here's a recent one I had where we just started talking to a young man, and he said, oh, well, something about you do these things to to women in the Old Testament. And I'm just like, you know, show me that verse. And he couldn't. So it was interesting. He, he knew that the Old Testament demeaned women. And mm-hmm. so he thought, well, see, you're a Christian. therefore You demean you, women. You demean women. And that yeah. was – I had to then engage it. So I, I think we as Christians need to be much more savvy – Knowing the questions that they're going to be bringing about the New Testament, Old Testament, right. and also how do you turn the conversation then back to, well, do you, do you experience guilt? Do you want forgiveness? Yeah. How, how do we go back to those Jesus on the cross? Right,
5: instead of yeah. political talking points. Yeah. So before uh, we came back on the air, you said that the question you ask yourself is how do we keep the main thing the main thing.
4: Mm-hmm. And the main thing is Jesus. Right.
5: Yeah, And the main thing is who we are as people, the difficulties we have, the questions we have about ourselves, about our lives, about the universe, about our future. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things are the main thing. But they can often get clouded in all of the detritus that we have around us culturally.
14: The other thing is in conversations, why people get defensive is because usually the conversation goes in a direction that hits their identity. So part of my political views or my things that I align mm-hmm. with, if someone attacks that, I feel attacked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when I start wearing that as my like who I am, I get defensive, and so then I then I am actually invested in that conversation and defending that point. What I think the challenge for us as Christians is: how do we make the our identity in Christ the highest identity that we wear? So that's the one that we're most invested in, and that right. if someone attacks me for being a certain political party or having a certain view on immigration. Whatever. I can let that slide. Mm-hmm. See, but the thing I, I most care about is Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. Yeah. How do mm-hmm. I keep that – the main thing. Right. That's my main idea. Uh, one of
5: the questions uh, my husband always asks us as a family. I have two daughters, and we'll talk about issues, whatever the issue is. You know, if we're talking about an issue related to the, to the girls at school, something that one of her friends have said, one of their friends have said, or maybe you're t- talking about a political thing. We've talked about on the air that our last political election. There were three of us voting, and we <laughs> no. we all voted for three different people. That was our house, right? Too. So there was a lot of conversation there, but sure, anyway, sure. my husband always says, "Pick your hill to die on." Yeah. Are you going to die on the hill of politics? Are you going to die on the hill of what you wore yesterday? Are you going to die on the hill of immigration? I mean, not that any of those things are unimportant, Mm -hmm. but what's the most important thing? You can only die once. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what are you going to die? What are you going to die for? It has to be for the gospel or you're wasting your time. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think about this, you know, so uh, I love the fact, Ben, that you're going on college campuses. Right? I mean, that takes a lot of moxie. You got to mm-hmm. be on your, in your A game when you walk on there because, you know, people are going to come after you. So uh, I remember reading a book uh, Donald Miller wrote years ago called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. And they did this thing, I think it was like during spring break where there was like some kind of carnival on campus. And... Um, they, they created what they called a confession booth.
5: Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah,
4: and so they put up this little box. You know the story? They put up this little box, yeah. and there's, you know, confession booth. And so people came in, and they thought, well, they were going to confess, like, you know, in a Roman Catholic perspective, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. But the, the fact of the matter was, the person on the other side of the confession booth was actually a professing Christian who was confessing his sins to the greater world. Mm-hmm. Which uh, apparently, by Donald Miller's account, took people off guard and opened up a conversation. Which I think is kind of genius. Not that we as Christians have to, you know, confess all the times or confess our sins to the secular world.
5: No, but we have to confess our sins all the time. And yes, that was the whole point of what he was saying, world. right? Right? Yeah. Yeah.
14: And a move like that diffuses the situation. You're no longer an attack-defend model.
5: Yes, that's what it is.
14: And so as soon as you can get out of that kind of exchange. Uh, It broke the static. It broke. Yeah. And then you can have real conversation again.
5: That's That's what we're going for. Real conversation. How do we keep the main thing the main thing? We're talking to Ben Burkholder, assistant pastor at North Park Church. Stay close.
7: If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low trying everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has troublemaking friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at BrainBalance.com or call 724 390 9012 Today.
8: Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes and Noble, and many other it could happen. And it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012.
1: 800-566-1012. Express Employment Professionals Pittsburgh West presents the world renowned Express Clydesdales witness the majesty of these gentle giants up close and free of charge. Thursday, March 15th from 11 to 2 at the Children's Home of Pittsburgh on Penn Avenue. And Friday, March 16th from 4 to 7 at Donaldson Park, North Fayette Township, where all welcome donations will go to support our local military. Details on these free events, including carriage rides and kids activities at ExpressPros.com slash
3: PittsburghWest. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Balanti and the team at JD Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. JD Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY.
5: Tight about things, you sure don't
4: do. we? It's the polarization hour on the ride home with John and Kathy. Welcome, Ben Burkholder's with us. He's chief cheap polarization person today. He's
5: making me angry, just the oh, stuff that he's saying. I'll tell you God. right now. He's making me feel polarized.
4: I've had enough of you already. I get, well, I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you stay right there, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're not done with you yet. Okay. <laughs> All
5: right, so you hit on something in our last segment that I think is really accurate. That the reason that we respond badly when we hear an opposing Opinion about mm-hmm. culture, about politics, is that it's threatening our identity. Mm-hmm. So we I take have, it personally. Yeah, we've yeah. taken it personally. So I have, you know, I, I've bought in so deeply, um, ostensibly to being anti-abortion or pro-life, that if you're pro-choice and you say something that doesn't support my point of view, I get inflamed. You're crushing my world. How could you? And, I'm attacking
14: and, you, not just your view.
5: Right. And so not only do you hate babies mm-hmm. um, and you don't care about human life at all, but you also hate me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big step. From, I would, I would from, say maybe not
14: hate you, but at least I reject you.
5: You reject me, yeah, right. Yeah. So that's a big step from, climb just, over. from just a couple tweets. But I don't, I don't think that's out of bounds. I think that's what really emotionally, mm-hmm. psychologically where people go.
14: Mm-hmm. And we all have this desire to be known and be loved and to belong somewhere. To
4: belong in community. Yeah. And so that's what we're lacking in many ways, right? Our communities have become social media, which are thin and hollow.
14: And so- Without community, we don't relate very well, so we resort to checking our Facebooks to see how many likes we've got, and that gives us a sense of self-esteem and identity. Mm. Who, who am I? I get that with the feedback I'm getting via social media and yeah. other other forms. But I think what's at stake for a lot of this is, is where do I belong as a person? And so mm. when I'm being attacked by someone for my political views or my, even my cultural differences... I feel like my sense of safety, my sense of who who's like me, is now at stake.
5: Right, mm-hmm. right. Which which is if we had our identity, our our, our deepest identity, in the God who loves us, mm-hmm. and w- then everything else would become secondary, right, or third, or fourth, or fortieth, or whatever. Think, it would about fall.
14: Our, think about our identities. A lot of them we can actually lose. For instance, like I'm a parent. I love being a parent, but if God were to take my daughter away, I would lose that label. Or, for instance, being married. That's another part of a a label I wear. But that could also be taken away. It would be tragic. I would be sad. But the most enduring identity we can have is in Christ because we know that that transcends death itself. And yet we invest so much into other things that really are transient.
4: But what's become the label of Christian in the 21st century
14: especially in an outward, secular Mm -hmm. world, that's a dirty word. It can be. So for some folks, I think it is toxic. And this is where I believe we need to inhabit love of Christ, to be able to go beyond that, to to be able to not just hear that label. And get upset. And get upset and defensive, but to hear it and then say, I'm going to reach out to you and love Mm -hmm. you. And so I I think one of the virtues of our time, I like to use the word hospitality because – it's creating space in my life to embrace you, even though we're different. Um, and I, I like that better than love sometimes, just yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. love in our age becomes equated with tolerance. Like, I'm just going to let you over there. Well, I think hospitality is like, I'm not just going to let you over there to be different than me. I'm going to actually bring you in. I'm going to share with you. Yes. Yeah. Whether that's you. food, whether that's time, life, you know, baseball game, whatever. It's actually to bring you into my life. I'm mm-hmm. going to listen to you. That's really good. Ben Burkhold is with us. He's the
4: assistant pastor at North Park Church. So Ben, all that to say, you've come to speak to us about polarization because mm-hmm. there's something going on.
14: Yeah. So at North Park Church on April 14th, we're having some of my friends from Grafted Life Ministries. This is Curtin and Debbie Swindoll and Monica Romain Green. They're coming to do a, a conference on Undivided. It's going to be talking about these very issues of how do we maintain our identity in Christ in the midst of all these different Polarizing topics that we have in our world. Yeah, and that's open to the public. We're, we're run from 9 a.m. to 3:30 p.m. at our church. Nice. Okay, what?
5: 9 a.m. to 3:30 p.m. Let me just say that again. It's called Undivided mm-hmm. uh, North Park Evangelical Church. Yes, April 14th. April 14th. This okay. is Saturday. Okay.
14: And if you want to register, you can go online to graftedlife.org/undivided. Nice.
4: Kath I'll put that information on our Facebook page, The ride Home with John and Kathy. Of course, uh, johnandkathyshow.com as well online. Hey, Ben, thanks enough a lot. Thanks for stopping by. All right. Very interesting My conversation. Pleasure. Ben Burkholder from North Park Church.
12: Hey, just ask your delivery guy or the guy who built your delivery guy's house or the guy who laid the highway for the guy who built your delivery guy's house. Ford Commercial Vehicles can handle the job. During commercial vehicle season, save on transit, Transit Connect, E-Series, Super Duty, and Medium Duty trucks. Ford trucks and vans. Year after year, America's best-selling line of
3: commercial vehicles because they're built Ford tough. Claim based on IHS market calendar year 1985 through 2017. U.S. tip registrations excluding registrations to individuals. See your dealer for details.
16: This is Jay Hagerman of Hagerman Law. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Hagerman Law, a state administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law,
1: legal help that lasts a lifetime visit hegermanlaw.com for just 5 quarters a day you can sponsor a child through compassion international it's pocket change to you it's life changing for a child in need be part of the change become a sponsor now at compassion.com/radio that's compassion.com/radio
2: hey everyone this is Ed Glover from Urban Impact with today's man up minute At Urban Impact, our desire is to see radical transformation, to see God do a great work in lives of families. And we know that it starts with holistic ministry for one child, one family, one block at a time. That's how we've taken on the north side of Pittsburgh. So why do we do this? It's because children from fatherless homes are four times more likely to be poor. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. And 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions, well, you guessed it, they come from homes where there's no father. So today, we're going to challenge you as a man to be on a mission to help those that don't have a father, to align yourself with our Heavenly Father and His desires to work His grace out through you, that you might transform a life. Remember, all it takes is reaching one child, one family, one block at a time. I'm Ed Glover. Thanks for listening to today's Man Up Minute. For more information on our Man Up Conference on June 9th, visit us online at manuppittsburgh.org.
9: I was headed to the
15: store to return a gift my son received that didn't quite work out. Hi, this is Whitney Capps with Proverbs 31 Ministries. For his birthday, we got Ryder a new scooter. Unfortunately, it was too short for him. He'd be really only able to use it for a few months before he outgrows it. So with return receipt in hand, it's going back to the store. But you know, you and I have been given the best gift in Jesus. Jesus. He gave us eternal life in heaven and life with purpose and confidence here. His gift is perfect for us, always fits, and never needs to be fixed or replaced. Now, I know it may not always feel like that's true, but it is true nonetheless. The life that you have here and the hope of heaven there is a gift more precious and valuable than anything that you and I could have ever hoped for. What we have in Christ is perfect and there are no exchanges necessary.
5: Celebrity birthdays, John. Oh, who doesn't three, love a celebrity birthdays? three people that might interest you. Okay. I don't know if they do or not. I just kind of saw them and put them aside. Uh, Mitt Romney is birthdays today.
4: Mitt Romney.
5: Any idea how old Mitt is?
4: Well, you know, uh, to be honest, you told me.
5: Oh, did I? Did yeah. I let it slip? Yeah. Okay, so he's seventy-one. Okay. Uh, James Taylor. JT also born on this day. Yeah, JT. Uh, any estimate of how old JT is?
4: Uh, I think I've got a pretty good handle on this. Do you? Yeah. Uh, well, see, JT in our house. No, look, I, I grew up with five sisters
5: mm-hmm. who were all older than you. Yeah, well, so well, four of them were older than
4: you. So JT was kind of like center audio in mm-hmm. our house for you know, especially for two of my sisters. So I heard a lot of James Taylor growing up. Yeah. And a lot of conversation about James Taylor mm-hmm. and Carly and whoever you know all that. So uh, I believe that this is the big one for James Taylor.
7: You're
5: right. Uh huh. He's Mike. Seriously, uh-huh. he's so good at this. It's upsetting. Yeah.
4: I believe that James yes. Taylor is seven oh. He is,
5: which is crazy. I know. To think really about James weird, Taylor being seventy it's years super, old. Super, super, super weird. Um, your
4: favorite? Uh, are you a fan?
5: Oh, I I really enjoy James Taylor. Yeah. Do you have him yeah. in your in your mix? fire and rain?
4: Oh yeah, it's easy. Yeah, there's so many. What's this? Oh, that's Happy, oh, that's happy Birthday. Oh, it's happy birthday! I was like, is that a James, no, Taylor, song? A James uh, Taylor song? No, it's not. Bad James Taylor song. That's no. sweet.
5: Liza Minnelli. She's, Her birthday is today.
4: She's older than James Taylor. Okay. She's been around around. Okay, enough of that, please. That's, that's just annoying. <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
5: what do you think? How old is Liza Minnelli?
4: 72. 72. She's That's 72? That's
5: exactly right. No. Oh. Yeah.
4: <laughs> hey, Yeah. Very nice. This
5: freakish ability.
4: That's good. Well, because these are the people that I grew up with.
5: Yeah, okay. Right? Although uh, I'm not 72. All right, what's, what's your, uh, tell me about Liza Minnelli. Are you a fan? Uh, <laughs> well,
4: not really. I mean, it's hard to be a fan of Liza Minnelli. You know, I'll tell you what I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of the SCTV uh, sort of ballooning of Liza Minnelli They've, oh is it oh, very funny oh it's well listen hysterical. if
5: you don't feel like you're a fan of Liza Minnelli you should watch Arrested Development
4: oh really she she's funny
5: is hilarious oh because okay. you know I mean Mike you, Mike you don't watch Arrested Development no I don't oh my gosh I should I really Lucille Lucila Stero, she is and you know why I love her hmm. chronic vertigo <laughs> I mean, it is hilarious. She is really? the fun. As, I mean, when I started to get vertigo a couple years ago, I was like, I'm going to turn into Lucille Starr." Oh it's going to be all over. Now, she is gonna, at her absolute best on that show. I'm thrilled to hear that. She's so funny. Because when you I
4: look at Liza Minnelli, and I think, okay, there she is in cabaret, or she's going,
5: right. and I was
4: like, but she comes from such high end showbiz pedigree. She I sure mean, she's does. Judy Garland's daughter and Vincent Minnelli's daughter. I mean, that that's like gold in Hollywood. Right. Really. So, uh,
5: and you know what I love yeah. about her character hmm. is it's, so, it is incredibly self-deprecating.
4: Oh, that's
12: good. Which
5: makes it funnier. Yes, yeah, sure. I mean, she is wonderful. Well, that's, I'm really wonderful. happy to hear that. I mean, I just is, what, I mean go, it's not like Arrested mm-hmm. Development is still going on. I should put that in, in the past, but when she was on it, it yeah. was, she was absolutely excellent. I'm, I'm
4: thrilled to hear it because generally kind of go, oh, there's Liza Minnelli. I know. I think that's, uh, that's rough to uh, listen to, isn't it? Yeah, it Man, is. Yeah.
5: gosh. All right. Um, and so would you consider yourself a James Taylor fan? Oh, big time. And what would your like favorite James Taylor song be?
4: Uh boy. Uh, my favorite album would be James Taylor's Mexico album. Okay. Um, the only
5: a- one I have is Greatest Hits. Okay. Because I'm one of those people, which oh, means I'm not, really, I'm not really a fan. How about just- uh,
4: the first song on the Greatest Hits album is I Feel Fine. I feel oh, fine. Yeah. I love that album. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right?
5: All right, Mike, what do you think? Are you a James Taylor fan? New Mike?
4: Mike's not. No. that's not his generation at all.
5: It doesn't matter.
8: I see fire. Oh, uh, see, yeah, yes, yeah.
4: that's overdone. I've like,
5: seen sunny days
8: you ever been to a James Taylor concert?
4: It's a massive sing along. Oh, I it bet is. it is. It is because you know every line of every song. Yeah, you know, especially the the big ones. I
5: I really I really like James. Hey, Taylor. wait.
4: Speaking of uh, you know the oldies, I read yesterday, and I I'm surprised by this, but I love this guy as much as I love James Taylor. Paul Simon is. Um, He's retiring.
5: Yeah, farewell tour.
4: His homeward bound tour is coming to Pittsburgh in September. Is it? I'd love to see that. You
5: know, there's a local Pittsburgher. What? Who um, has played? Who played for, for a Simon. long time? Paul Simon. Yeah. Really? Percussion a, and trombone. Jay Ashby.
4: Oh, really? Yeah. I'm a big fan. I mean, I remember one year I was watching the Grammys, and Paul Simon thanked Stevie Wonder for not having uh, anything uh, anything released <laughs> that year, so he himself could win a Grammy. <laughs> I love that so much That's funny Paul Simon I mean that's a big talent And spanning the decades
5: It sure is Yeah would you, go see James, would you go see Paul Simon? In a
4: hot minute Okay I looked at, I looked at ticket prices All right Of course they'll be on me
5: I'm, I'm going to see Trombone Shorty oh, I decided Oh good I'm yeah, going to go, go Shorty. with you Okay will you? Yeah I definitely Okay will. great Snarky Puppy's also coming back to uh, Carnegie Music on Homes so Happy to
4: see that as I know. well All right Hey, thanks for being with us. There's a lot going on in today's show. uh am exhausted. And Kathy Show.com and uh, on Facebook. Plus, I'm
5: missing an hour of sleep. Yes. Happy National Napping Day.
4: Sleep
3: well. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.